again and welcome back to another episode of Mind the Gap. This week I'll be talking about a topic that I'm sure you've heard a lot about at church and that is the topic of giving, offering, and tithing and I wanted to talk about this topic because it is relevant in my life now as I've started a job and I'm making an income now so I need to figure out myself what I was going to do with regards to giving and what that looked like in my life and Also, I had a lot of questions about what to do with my first paycheck and whether that was my first fruits that I offered to the Lord and just questions like that that I didn't hear answered in the sermons I've listened to or the articles that I've read. So, with that in mind, I felt like this may be relevant for many other people as well who are starting their own new jobs and also maybe for people who haven't started jobs yet but are going to in the future. So, This is a podcast episode for you guys, and I did the research myself through reading articles from pastors about this, as well as going to the Word myself to figure out what God says about giving, and hopefully this is something that can be very helpful for you guys, as it was very helpful for me as I was figuring this whole thing out myself. So let me begin by explaining my history with giving and seeing giving in the lives around me as I grew up. And I guess the biggest example of giving that I saw growing up was actually my dad, who would give regularly to church through his tithes and offerings, even when he was a PhD student and we weren't making a lot of money. And I remember him being so consistent with that. And I think that instilled within me a normalcy of giving to church and made me understand that that's something that we just did as Christians. Um, I guess I didn't really understand then the significance of giving or why we give. I just knew that that's what we did as Christians when we go to church. And also growing up, whether I was going to church with my family or attending my cousin's church when we visited them in Georgia, my parents or my aunts would always give me a dollar to put into the offering bin during the offering collection time. And like I said, I didn't really understand the significance of giving then because it was just money that they gave me for the purpose of offering. And in particular, it wasn't something that I earned necessarily. I knew that it was for offering, so it wasn't something that was difficult to part with because I just knew that the dollar was for offering. And so I never questioned it. I just gave my dollar to the offering bin because that's what it was for. And so even though that was a good thing and a good practice as a kid to learn that we give to the church and that it is something that God commands us to do, it didn't help not knowing why I was doing it or the greater meaning behind giving at that point. So that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge of giving growing up. And to be honest, I never really had a proper job until now. I did have a part-time job at Kumon after my first year of college, and I was making very minimum wage, and all of that money went towards my Thailand missions fund. And then I did an unpaid internship at my church the year after. And then lastly, I did some photography jobs here and there for friends during college. And sometimes I didn't charge at all. And sometimes when I did charge, it wasn't very much because I never wanted to charge a whole lot to students who probably weren't making money themselves. And so, as you can see, I didn't have a consistent long-term job ever until the job that I have now. And so I didn't really know how to give then. And I guess I was stingy maybe in my giving and didn't want to give when I 
felt like I wasn't making a consistent income to give. And so I'll talk a little bit more about my failures in giving later, but I think that was one of the failures in my giving as a college student. But lastly, to wrap up this segment on my history with giving, I did want to mention the one way that I did give consistently on a month-by-month basis this past year as a fourth-year student. And this is not to brag about what I did at all, but I did want to mention it because it's something that's very feasible to do as a student. And it's something that I think anyone can do if they want to start giving regularly. And that was supporting a student give a year or a student missionary for the year. And I thought this was very feasible because you don't have to donate a whole lot of money every month. You can just donate what you can for the month. And I pledged a certain amount and I did that every single month. And it was very feasible to do. And also it's a short-term commitment because usually the student missionaries only um, doing their missions and serving for about a year or two. So it's usually not a very long-term commitment when it comes to giving. So I thought it was a good start for me as a student to start giving in this way. And for me, I was really blessed with having an aunt who graciously gave me a monthly allowance. And so I used that allowance to support my friend who was serving abroad. And so even if you're not making any money through a job during college or if you're not getting a monthly allowance like I did, I think that this is very feasible to do because if you think about how much money you spend on food, like going out to eat cookout or chipotle you can easily give up one chipotle to support a student missionary for the month and so i think this is something very feasible to do very easy to do as a student and like i said it's short term so it's just a good way to start giving when you're a student and make that a habit and i kind of wish i did this when i was a first year just so that i would get in the habit of giving more regularly but it's something that i had the opportunity to do during my fourth year and i'm very grateful that I did it and was faithful in that. And so that's just a little bit of my history of giving, how it was growing up, and also how I saw giving in the lives around me, and also just how I did a little bit of giving um, during my fourth year of college. So now before I dive deeply into what God says about giving and what steps I made in my giving since starting my new job, I will talk about how I failed in my giving and I already mentioned that I didn't really give even when I had those part-time jobs or those freelance jobs and so I found myself looking back on those moments and wishing that I had given when I only made a little bit of money in order to be faithful and consistent in giving when I wasn't making a lot of money. And so like I said, I wasn't really consistent with my church offerings either at school during church service I rarely gave mostly because I never carried cash around with me but it really should have been on me to prepare the offering the night before and so I failed a lot in giving during college even though like I said I did give consistently on a monthly basis my fourth year to the student missionary friend and I really made a lot of excuses as to why I didn't give during offering time throughout my college years and mainly it was because I was like I'm not making any money how am I supposed to give when I have really no money to give which is such a lie because we are so blessed with much more than most of the world and so I had no excuse to not give a couple dollars every Sunday or what I had Um, but I did give when I remembered and I did give when I wasn't so selfish and I hate to admit that but that's just the truth I wasn't really the greatest at giving in college 
and it's something that I wish I did more of because once again, it's good to start early to build a habit of giving. And once again, when I did have those small jobs, I didn't really consider tithing those jobs. And so I definitely felt like a failure looking back on my giving history because it's not something I was very good at and not something that I was very obedient in. And maybe a lot of that was because I didn't know a lot about giving and I didn't understand the meaning and significance of giving to the church. Which leads to the question, what do I do now that I'm making an income? How do I give? What do I give? How much do I give? Who do I give to? Etc. Etc. All these questions that I'm faced with now that I'm making an income. And the thing was, before I even got my first job, my dad told me that I should consider offering my first paycheck as an offering to the Lord, as gratitude and thankfulness for the job he has given me. I didn't really know how to respond because I didn't even have a job then, and it was very stressful for me to even think about giving my first paycheck when I didn't even know when that first paycheck would come. But after I gave my first job, my dad reminded me again that I should consider doing that and giving my first paycheck as an offering like the Israelites did and giving their first fruits to the Lord as an offering. And I personally did not feel convicted in that because it was something that my dad told me to do. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really know how I feel about that. I need to research a little bit more in the Bible about this and really pray to God about what he wanted me to do in giving when it came to receiving my first paycheck and from then on. So I went on the internet, obviously, to find verses about giving and also just hear some commentaries from pastors about first fruits and first paychecks and all those things. I first looked up where in the Bible God commands the Israelites to give up their first fruits as an offering. And apparently it was during Moses' time when the Israelites were commanded to bring their first yield of crops as offering to the Lord, as seen in Leviticus 23 verses 9 through 10. And this is emphasized in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. And it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. So this is emphasized over and over again in the Old Testament to offer your first fruits or your first yield of crop or first livestock as an offering to God. And in order to understand what first fruits are and where we see that in the Old Testament and what God commanded from the Israelites then and what he commands for us now as 21st century Christians, I went onto a website called compellingtruth.org and they talk about all these things. And I'm just going to read off what they say because it is concise and thorough in how they explain this. And they say, the most significant aspect of the first fruits offering was the reason behind it. It was designed to acknowledge and thank God for providing the Israelites with the land flowing with milk and honey after their captivity in Egypt. It was a ceremonial act for the nation of Israel. It was not meant to be an act of faith that God would provide in the future, nor even to honor God as first in their lives. It was an act of obedience, and while that obedience was part of God's promise to Israel that he would bless them, it was the faithfulness of obedience that ensured his blessing, not the offering itself. And so, as we can see from this passage, the Israelites did this as a way to show gratitude to God for their deliverance from Egypt and that this was a way to show their faithfulness to him as he was faithful to them. And so, this is something that 
creates meaning and significance behind why they did this in the first place. And then we see this explanation reflected in Deuteronomy 28 as a warning. And verse 17 through 18 says, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. So as you can see in Deuteronomy 28, that this first fruits is also just a reminder of that faithfulness that God had shown the Israelites when he delivered them from Egypt by offering their first fruits every season when they harvest their crops and their livestock it is a reminder for them to show thankfulness to God and just reminding them over and over again about what he did because as you know the Israelites are a people who forgot a lot about what God did for them as we are a people who forget a lot about what God does for us and so this idea of first fruits is just a reminder for them as well as an offering of gratitude to God for what he did for them. And so now we can get a clearer view of what first fruits are and why they gave first fruits as an offering to God. Which now leads us to the question of what does this mean for us as 21st century Christians? How do we see the first fruits offering in our lives and is it relevant to us now? And this is what Compelling Truth says about this question. And they say, the problem is, the first fruits offering was for the Jews for a specific purpose. Nowhere does the New Testament mention that the church is required or even encouraged to give a first fruits offering. Like tithing, giving to the church is left up to the personal convictions of the individual believer. There is no blanket policy for giving. And so this was obviously a little bit annoying because it doesn't really answer the question as to what I'm supposed to do, or even if I do want to give a first fruits offering. What does that even mean for me? And so I did look a little bit more on the page and they gave a list of different ways that people can participate in giving first fruit offerings and it can look different for different people. Some suggestions included giving up first paychecks as an offering to God, as an offering of gratitude like the Israelites did. Um, it can also look like end of year bonuses as an offering to God or just extra offering during that year that they wanted to offer to God as an offering of gratitude. And I think they have some other things on the website. So if you're curious, you can ask me for the link to the website and I can send that to you for sure if you wanted to read the article yourself. And I guess learning this was super freeing for me as a new giver because it showed me that there are options and that this was no longer an obligation but an honor to give in thanksgiving to God. And that I could really lift this up in prayer as to how he wanted me to give and to ask him to show me ways in which I could give with my first paycheck and with my paychecks after that. And so I really liked the way that this article put it and how it really did go into the Bible about what it says and what it doesn't say about giving. And it, like I said, was very freeing for me to learn these things. And it's not like the New Testament doesn't talk about giving at all. It definitely talks about giving and money and all those things. And some of the examples that we see in the New Testament is Jesus talking about money through parables. And one of the parables is called the parable of the talents. And really what I can gather from this parable is that with what God has given us, whether it's money, resources, skills, but I guess in this case, money, income, things like that, we need to be responsible with what we are given. So when we are given wealth or 
you know, an income, a job. We are to use that for his glory, obviously, and we're not just to bury it and hoard it for ourselves, but really to invest it in places that will build his kingdom and bring him glory. And so that really challenged me to really use my money towards something that is honoring to God instead of just keeping it for myself in a savings account. And then the second story or parable about money that is in the New Testament is about the widow's offering. And it's about a woman who doesn't have much, but she gives all she has to church as her offering. And it's very little compared to the rich person who gives a lot of money, but for the rich person, it's only a small fraction of what they're making. And so it's a question as to who's giving more. Is it about the quantity or is it about the quality of the offering? And in the end, the widow is the one who gives more because even though she gives less in quantity, I guess, money-wise, she's giving more because she's giving everything that she has to the church. And it shows that it's not about how much we give necessarily, but it's about the heart behind our offering and our giving. And that money is not a monetary issue or a financial issue, I guess, but it's a heart issue. And so when we give, I think we have to be understanding that this is something that we should take seriously and that it's something that comes from our heart and not because we are forced to do it or because we think that that's what a good Christian is supposed to do. But giving and offering and tithing is something that really just comes from a place of gratitude and thankfulness for what God has given us. And so... Yes, the Bible talks a lot about money and giving, and I think they say that money and finances is something that Jesus talks the most about in the New Testament, and so clearly it's a very important thing to talk about now as we are starting jobs and making money. And it doesn't just end with Jesus when it comes to money, but It is reinforced over and over again later in the New Testament, such as the famous verse, 2 Corinthians 9-7, about being a cheerful giver and really about not giving out of obligation, but to give out of obedience. And there's a difference in that because I think when we give out of obligation, it's because we believe that giving will make us accepted by God, that giving is what is a rule given by God that will lead to salvation which is not true at all. But when we give out of obedience, it's because we know that we are already accepted by God when we gave our lives to Christ and that giving is a delight to do and not a burden that is put upon us. Because if we acknowledge that God is the one who gives everything to us from the beginning, it's not something that is hard to do, but it's a joy to give back what is rightly his from the beginning and to give a portion of that back as gratitude for how he's provided for us and I just want to disclaim that giving to God consistently and giving a lot to God or a little to God doesn't mean that we won't struggle financially in our lives like giving to God through our offerings does not guarantee that we won't lose our jobs in the future or that we won't go through periods of not a lot of income and I think that's something that we need to be reminded of while living on this earth that suffering like that isn't something that comes out of not giving or giving but it is just what happens by living on an imperfect earth and that his blessings are not contingent on what we do and so 
I just want to let you guys know that yes, he is a provider and yes, he does bless us in many ways, including through our finances, but that is not because of our giving that he blesses us. And it definitely doesn't mean that we will be wealthy the more that we give. And so I'm sure you guys already know that, but I just wanted to put it in as a disclaimer or a reminder um, in case that was a question for someone who may be listening to this. Um, And just to summarize, because I think I just rambled a whole lot there, yes, God provides for us and blesses us financially and in many other ways, but it does not depend or is contingent on how we give or how much we give. Yes. Okay. I think I've said enough there, so I'm just going to move on to the next section where I finally tell you what I decided to do with my first paycheck and what decision I made in giving as I started this job. And I wanted to mention before I started this segment that I'm definitely not telling you guys how to give correctly or what you should be doing with your first paycheck or income. This is simply what I decided to do. And like I mentioned before, there are so many different options and ways to give if that's something that you wanted to do with your first paycheck. So definitely pray about it and see what God is convicting you to do with your first paycheck. So let me start off by saying that I initially had no conviction about offering my first paycheck as a first fruits offering. I actually really didn't want to do it because I'm stubborn and I don't like being told what to do. And I didn't want to offer my first paycheck if it was just an obligation and not coming from a place of joy and delight in my own heart and that's not to say that you shouldn't just do something because you're not convicted of it you know there's so many things that we don't do but we should do and we shouldn't just say oh I'm not going to do it because I don't feel the Holy Spirit convicting me but in this particular moment I just felt like I needed to talk to God about what he wanted me to do with this first paycheck instead of just you know sending my first paycheck to the church and honestly as someone who never felt really too tied to money like I never felt really too greedy about money and that's not coming out of the goodness of my heart I just never felt that stingy about money I definitely could have just done that and just given my first paycheck to the church and it wouldn't have really hurt me or anything but I didn't want to do this mindlessly and I definitely wanted to be obedient in giving but just in a way that was more mindful instead of just doing what I was told. And so I did pray to God about it, about what I should do with my first paycheck. And what I felt like God was leading me to do was to donate slash offer a good chunk of my paycheck to different Christian groups, establishments, and organizations that blessed me and encouraged me in my faith throughout college. The first place was the Center for Christian Study, aka the STUD, as we like to call it, and it was the place I went to a lot when I was studying for finals and midterms, and it was especially great to go there to study during finals because they'd prepare breakfast and dinner for us, aka the students, and it just lifted a huge burden off my shoulders to know that I didn't have to figure out when I was going to eat or what I was going to eat that day for those periods because I was studying for finals and I didn't want to have to go out and find a place to eat and so that was amazing and such a blessing and I just remember feeling so much peace and rest while studying there even though it's a very stressful period of time studying for finals and I think it's because before every meal someone from the community or 
a faculty member who was a Christian would come and just pray over the students to just pray for peace and wisdom during that time. And I just felt a lot of peace and rest while studying at the stud, and I'm really grateful for it. And then also during my fourth year, I got to join a small group on Fridays, and it was a women's small group at the stud, and I even dropped one of my classes during my second semester so I could make it to the small group, and it was just a blessing to be a part of that small group because the people who made up the small group were people I would have never come into contact with otherwise, and we were all from different fellowships and walks of life, and I just felt like it was a time to share our different experiences and our different viewpoints and to learn from each other about these differences in the context of spiritual disciplines and community and belonging and just talking about things that you don't really get to talk about all the time and so I felt really blessed to be a part of that and it was something really special and it was great to have baked goods every week that were fresh from the oven and they're delicious and yeah, it was just such a great environment for me to get out of my comfort zone and try something new and to meet new people who are also in Christ. And so that was just a great time of fellowship and rest for me. And then the second place, or I guess more like an organization or group, is called Theological Horizons. And we'd meet every Friday at a place called Common Grounds. And we talk about and hear about theology and different figures in the past who shaped church history and we'd all do that while enjoying a nice warm lunch and as you can see food is the way to my heart so I was very appreciative of it but anyways we'd talk and share and discuss these different figures and theologies and we talk about what we agreed with what we didn't agree with and it was something that I went to by myself and it just felt like it was something I got to keep for myself. And it definitely did make me go out of my comfort zone to go by myself every week because we were discussing things that were deep and sometimes controversial. And so it was uncomfortable at times to sit by myself and eat by myself. And I often just listened to what people were saying, but it still felt so nice to be a part of something that is unique and special at a university that is so liberal, I guess, and so it was really cool to see other people passionate about theology and discussing difficult things, and I even remember Theological Horizons was one of the first groups, I guess, that came to welcome me at my dorm. They brought cookies and really invited us into the Christian community at UVA, and so I am really grateful that they are so active in welcoming new students at my university and making us feel so welcome and invited. And so I have a special part of my heart for Theological Horizons, even though I was very awkward at times when going by myself. And lastly, the third group was my fellowship that I was a part of for four years, and that was Grace Christian Fellowship and it obviously holds a really, really special place in my heart because it was the community that I found at UVA, and I would be lying if I said that I instantly clicked with this fellowship and that I instantly fell in love with it because it was honestly very difficult for me to feel a part of this group because I felt so different from everyone. 
even though I was ethnically Korean like most people in Grace Christian Fellowship, I didn't feel culturally the same as everyone because most people were from Northern Virginia and most people grew up at a Korean church and that just wasn't something that I could relate to. And so definitely it was a community that I grew to love over time and I realized that as you grow to love something and as you grow in that community, you want it to do well and you see the flaws in the system, but you don't criticize it as much anymore because you realize how hard it is to change things and that it takes time and prayer and a community, a whole community of people to want to change those things. And so though I was really hypercritical of things at first, I learned to have more discernment when finding faults in my community and growing to love it despite those faults and working myself towards improving those faults. Um, And so, yeah, I would definitely attribute so much of my growth in my faith to GCF and not because they're the ones making me better or more Christ-like, but because we really encourage each other to strive to be more selfless and to be more Christ-like. And so I am really, really thankful for GCF for creating community for me and for allowing me to gain so many sisters in the process and yeah even my parents who were kind of against me joining a mostly korean fellowship were really really happy when i came back growing in my faith and just loving god even more through it and so gcf was really just an unexpected blessing in my life when i joined the uva community so those were the three groups that really encouraged me and helped me in my faith during college and honestly I could say more and more about each one but I know that I'm limited in time in gushing about these organizations and groups so I'll stop here but with regard to giving I did want to mention two confirmations that God gave me when I was praying about what I should do with my first paycheck and those two confirmations came in the form of two emails one from Theological Horizons and one from The Stud. And around the time that I was praying for what I should do with my first paycheck, I got the emails from both of them that they were doing funding for their organizations and that they needed to reach a certain goal by a certain date. And it was just the confirmation I needed to know that this was exactly what I wanted to donate to with my first paycheck. And so I was really, really glad to see that they were fundraising at that point and I wanted to be a part of it. So that's also how I came up to the decision to donate to these three organizations during this time. And so definitely, like I said, pray about what God wants you to do with your first paycheck if that's something that you want to do with your first paycheck. And I think he will provide an answer. I don't think I know that he'll provide an answer as to how he would like you to use your money for the purpose of spreading the gospel and building his kingdom. So pray about it, pray about it, pray about it, and you will have an answer and he will open the doors for that. And lastly, I do want to mention that I fully support regular tithing. And to be honest, I haven't started tithing yet. And there are excuses, but also I have reasons as to why I haven't started tithing yet. 
And the reason is because I want to fully become committed to a church through membership before I start tithing. And maybe that's something that I'm using as an excuse and I should just start tithing to the church that I attend. But I really do take membership seriously and what it means to be a a formal member of a church community. And so I am taking it one step at a time before I start tithing to the church. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good enough reason, but I want to take membership seriously. So that's why I'm taking it just one step at a time before I start tithing. And I'm still in the midst of trying to find a church community. So that is why I'm taking it slowly. But definitely, even if you're not part of a church community, I do believe you should tithe. I just haven't started yet. And also, um, you don't have to just give, like I said, to faith communities that shaped you during college or high school or whatever. There are so many different ways to give that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, but you can also just give to missionaries who are abroad regularly as a support, or you can give to short-term mission trips that students go on or other people go on, and you can even give to faith-based organizations that are doing work around the world, and I think these are all wonderful ways to give to the work that is being done for God and his glory and his kingdom. So definitely look into these different options if you want to give but just don't know how to start or if you want to find different ways of giving rather than just giving to church. So on top of giving to church, these are different options that you can do. So definitely keep those in mind. And before I end this podcast, I want to end with some reminders for you guys. Reminder number one, I've said this before, but pray if you don't know what to do. What I did is not the right way to do it, and maybe I'm wrong in not offering my first full paycheck, but if that is your conviction, definitely do that, and definitely be sensitive to what God is telling you to do, and don't just do something because someone tells you to do it, but really look into it and pray about it first. Number two, offering shouldn't be a gigantic financial burden on you if you have necessary payments to be made, such as rent, bills, student loans, etc., etc., and you don't have to give your whole paycheck with nothing left to give to those necessary payments. And it says in 1 Corinthians 16, 1-2, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And the way that I understand this passage and the way I saw it interpreted in the article that I read is that God is not asking us to go into poverty or destitution by putting all of our income into offering when we have rent, bills, student loans to pay for, but he wants us to be good stewards and not irresponsible with what we're given. And so definitely don't feel burdened to give a certain amount. Give what you can and make sure it's coming from your heart and not from a place of obligation or a place of wanting to achieve God's love or favor or approval because that's not how you get his favor or approval by giving a bunch of money to him. And so definitely, definitely don't go out of your way to give more than you can. And so just be wise. And I think this is something that is common sense and everything, but I just want to let people know that they don't have to feel a burden in offering, that it is instead a joy and an honor rather than a burden. So that's number two. And then number three, 
which kind of goes with number two, is that offering is a hard issue. Look inside your heart and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, not to, once again, gain his approval or favor, but doing it out of a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for what God has given us. And when we're giving it back to God, we're saying, thank you for what you have given me. And I'm returning back to you what you have given me from the beginning. And so I think that we need to check our hearts before we wreck ourselves. (laughs) That does not rhyme, but you know what, what I mean, you know, like check yourself before you wreck yourself. And so, yeah, make sure it is something that is coming from a place of selflessness and not out of pride or selfishness so yes good reminder and then number four i also kind of mentioned this earlier in number two but giving is not just about giving obviously but it's also about being good financial stewards and so when we give to the church we're also meant to rethink how we spend and what we spend on So giving doesn't mean we can continue to spend like we did before giving, but it's about seeing where our finances go and cutting back on areas where we need to save in order so that we can give. And so if you find yourself, you know, eating out too much or shopping too much and being like, well, I guess I don't have any money to give to church, then definitely you should rethink how you're spending and, you know, save some of that money so that you can give and This is especially important for students, I think, because many times as a student, we can't give a lot of money, and usually we don't have a job, so we don't have any money coming in. So instead, practice being a good steward by eating at home instead of going out to eat a lot or by cutting back on your shopping when you have an extra little bit of cash. So definitely... Think about how you're spending and cut back on spending so that you have something to give to church. And that's something that I wish I was better at when I was in college. So definitely I learned from my mistakes and I'm going to be better about how I spend and how I save for giving. And so, yes, those are the four reminders that I have for you guys as I end this episode. And I hope you guys have learned something from it because I definitely learned a lot as I was doing the researching process for this episode. And so definitely hit me up if you have any questions or if you want to discuss giving and all that good stuff. And I guess a discussion question I can leave with you guys is in what ways are you giving and what are some ways to give that I didn't get to mention in this podcast and what are your thoughts on giving and tithing and things like that and if you agree or disagree with anything that I said. So definitely let me know by direct messaging me with answers to these questions and I'd love to discuss them with you. So thanks for listening as always and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye!